from the next Discuss This League. There is a predator on the streets of Gotham City. A predator who's dropping criminals like flies. And the Batman is set up to take the fall. What do you want? To find out who's icy the old gang. It's Batman! The Joker holds all the cards, but he's not exactly playing with a full deck. Can't be too careful with all those weirdos around. When the lines between good and evil begin to blur, Gotham turns against him. Batman, this is the police. You are under arrest. Stay in the light. What do you mean you won't? You have to go after him. He didn't do it. The Batman does not kill. The Dark Knight stands alone. You think you know everything about me, don't you? Mask of the Phantasm. Welcome, everyone, to the triumphant return of uh, uh, a series long thought dead, or at least dormant, on this uh, on our podcast. But it's back this week, Cal. We are back for another exciting and perhaps the most star-studded edition of Discuss This League to date. That is right, Liam. Uh, this format, we've done it a handful of times thus far. We've ca- tackled a couple of different topics, mm-hmm. and uh, usually we have some special guests on. It's essentially a roundtable discussion where uh, typically we throw questions out, we invite some guests on, and they answer them and give their opinions. It's a different format, obviously, than our standard podcast. Mm-hmm. It's more of, I guess, a traditional podcast-like uh, like format, just mm-hmm. people, people talking about things. <laughs> But uh, yeah, this this uh, and so we decided. Hey, uh, it's a very special month, as we've talked about all month long, and that, of course, is Aqua Phantasm Month, which means uh, we've been celebrating both the latest and fi- uh, final release in the DC Cinematic Universe, the original one. We're not we're not specifically celebrating that it's over, but you know. You know, I think there are plenty of people that are, though. Uh, you know, there are plenty of people that are very rabid online. We're not telling you not to celebrate that it's over either. Absolutely. You can do do what you want. It's a free country. We support freedom here on this podcast. Very controversial stance. But uh, yes, we uh, we we so Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom uh, comes out at the original air date of this episode uh, or came out just a few days ago. And then we have uh, we also have uh, the 30th anniversary of Mask of the Phantasm. You being the brilliant marketer that you are, married the two names together, came up with this beautiful month-long celebration. Last week, we did a re-review and revisited Mask of the Phantasm for its 30th anniversary. We talked about the mistakes we made when we reviewed it originally and <laughs> some of our scores that we would like to take back but shan't. But uh, Liam, this week's Discuss This League, uh, we decided to uh, to f- throw up the signal and uh, call in some the big guns as far as discussing. And uh, we had the opportunity not that long ago to sit down with uh, a guy who's becoming a series regular at this point. <laughs> He's no longer, I, I think we can, we're, we're almost prepared to remove the special guest 
uh, portion of his uh, of, <laughs> of of his uh, his title. But uh, yeah, we're 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 uh, a correspondent for the program almost, um, Mr. Kevin Altieri, who just happens mm-hmm. to be one of the co-directors of the of the movie Mask of the Phantasm, uh, and uh, he, he'll be joining us. But he is not coming alone, as uh, we also had the opportunity, and uh, according to them. For the very first time doing a co-interview together, we also have co-director Mr. Dan Reba, who worked on pretty much everything DCAU related, as we'll talk about on the on uh, during our interview. But uh, with the exception of the Zeta Project, although he does get credited uh, on IMDb as we. <laughs> Us, but yeah, he. I think you even chat about that for a second. That is, yeah, we do. We definitely do talk about it. So you know. Really, we had the opportunity to sit down. We talked about not only Mask of the Phantasm, 30 years later, what it means. We talked to both of these gentlemen about uh, their sort of uh, first time meeting each other, mm-hmm. uh, their interactions, working together. They worked together on shows prior to Batman, the animated series. Um, and then, uh, you know, it's really, really fun because you get to hear them interact with each other, remembering <laughs> things, sharing stories with us, talking about the voice cast and the late, great Kevin Conroy and the late, great mm-hmm. Shirley Walker and, and uh, you know, the great Andrea Romano's voice casting choices and all of this stuff, uh, the things that we get into, the nitty gritty and the nerdy, uh, we get to all that uh, with these two absolute legends when it comes to the DCAU and uh, and DC animation here. So we're very excited to sit down for a dis- very special return and much deserved return of Discuss This League. Yeah, that's right. Uh, won't uh, won't take up too much more time here. We uh, we're very excited to talk to, as you said, Kevin, who is uh, at this point upgraded to frequent contributor, I believe. <laughs> and uh, and Dan, excited to have him on for the first time. We'll certainly look to get him back on, perhaps to talk about an episode that he directed sometime in the uh, in the new year. Yes, as you said, Cal, a lot of uh, a lot of knowledge to be gleaned about the making of the project, especially when they thought they were making a direct-to-video movie, which suddenly became a theatrical release uh, in the eleventh hour. Uh, they got a lot of stories about the uh, all the way through the production of this uh, this movie as well as the series itself. So without further ado, let us throw it to ourselves from the past as we bring you a conversation. I discuss this league panel with uh, co-directors of Batman Mask of the Phantasm, Kevin Altieri and Dan Reba. Take it away, us. Well, welcome everybody uh, to this very special edition of the Discuss This League, our roundtable <laughs> format that we're here with, uh, and we have two very special, incredible guests. Based on our topic today, Liam, we are talking about Mask of the Phantasm. Some people have regarded this the best Batman movie ever made in all of cinematic history, yeah. uh, and we're here to discuss it because it's the 30th anniversary this year of this uh, this very movie dropping into theaters. We have two very important guests that were a part not only of that creation, but of Batman the Animated Series. It's going to be a great discussion today. Absolutely. So on our, our special panel for this discussion of Batman the Animated Series, and as you said, the 30th anniversary, we have uh, first our returning guest, that being friend of the show, Kevin Altieri, director of the series and of course on the movie as well welcome back kevin thanks for joining us thanks for having me back and it's a pleasure absolutely and uh for the first time joining us 
uh, is another director on the series as well as someone who went on to work on Superman, Justice League, Batman Beyond, all of the. Did you, did you use Zeta too, Dan? No, I did not. Ah. I, IMDb says so, but it is wrong. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you, you can't edit those things. That's right. It's, it's, I did the pilot episode on, uh, or the, 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 the one that inspired it on right. Batman Beyond. And so somebody thought I worked on it. But, okay. Okay. Yeah, there you go. But, and, but, and I get credit as the creator of Batman Beyond, by the way. Oh, well, that's. <laughs> thanks, I had nothing to do with it. No residuals, I'm sure. I was going to say. (laughs) Just the IMDb credit. (laughs) But uh, Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, It's uh, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here. I wore my... Yes, love it. The actual one from the crew, just in honor of you guys. That you could sell that for a pretty penny these days. They have repros nowadays, but uh, the originals go for a lot of money. That's uh, it's pretty awesome. Well, thank you both for joining us. We're going to talk a little bit as we talked about this 30th anniversary of Phantasm, but. To kick things off here, uh, Dan and Kevin, you guys have been doing animation, obviously, upwards of 30, 40 years now. So um, we want to go way back to the beginning, when it all started. So let's talk about how did you both meet each other? Like, when was the first time you guys came in contact uh, prior to even maybe prior to Batman, the animated series? Well, we actually met at the American Comic Book Company. Wow. Wow. and what is that? <laughs> Doug Wildey. It was it was a comic book shop. It was like that um, was in uh, Studio City, and it was kind of like uh, I actually had a poster of it when I moved there in 1979 to California. Wow! And I so it was like some place I was always trying to see. You know, it was like the American Comic Book Company, and it was like <laughs> it, was, it was a great. It's a it was a great little shop. You know, was. great little shop, and they would have signings and stuff. And Doug Wildey of Johnny Quest fame wow. did a signing there. And pretty much, I remember there was not many people who even knew this was going on. And it was me and Dan mm-hmm. talking to Doug Wildey. And I think, Dan, you had worked with Doug Wildey a little I, bit? I worked with him at Ruby Spears. And Doug was scared that no one would show up. He was always scared of this. So so he was like, Dan, I'm doing this signing. You got to be there. You got to be there. So I'm like, well, uh, yeah, I would have been there anyway, Doug. But, right. you know, but because he asked me, I had to be there. <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah. So we, 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 you know, and we were just like talking to Doug Wildey and just, uh, you know, it was like two, two uh, Johnny Quest acolytes, you yeah. know, pumping him for information. That's yeah. awesome. And, and uh, that, that was, and then flash forward, like I was working in, um, in live action, like working with, I was working with Dave Allen um, mm-hmm. doing special effects stuff, you know, stop motion effects for mm-hmm. movies like robot jocks and the stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was actually had, was doing storyboards for animated sequences for this movie that was being produced by Ray Harryhausen, but he wasn't going to do the animation. Uh, Force of the Trojan. So I had all these storyboards. And then because I was such a fan of Inspector Gadget and of Japanese animation in general, um, that um, I heard about this studio, Deke, that was opening up in Studio City, right down the street from American Comic Book Company, by yep. the way. Wow. <laughs> and I walk into the door and it's literally, it was like a, it was like a, a, a shop front. 
<laughs> taken over. It wasn't. It was not an animation studio. It mm-hmm. was like an empty shop front. And there's like three guys in there, <laughs> huddled around a desk. They hadn't moved in any furniture or anything yet. <laughs> and uh, I go in there and I say, you know, I walk in, you know, knock on the door. It's like, hey, is this Deke? You know, and they go, yeah, this is Deke. <laughs> is, that, is that a portfolio you got there? And it's like, yeah, you guys hiring? Well, yeah, let's see. What do you do? Storyboards? Okay. And I showed them my Ray Harryhausen, Dave Allen storyboards. And they said, oh, when can you start? You know, and they tried to give me a script right then and there. Wow. <laughs> it was Rudy, Rudy Zamora was the producer. And, he, and they hired me on the spot. And then, like, about a week later... They hired Dan. Wow. You know, maybe two weeks later. What do you maybe think? a little later. Because, yeah, I, I, I was uh, uh, Kid Video. Uh, yeah, it was on Kid Video. Kid Video, yeah. And, uh, and then, uh, and then uh, you look familiar. And then <laughs> 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 and so I saw like a portfolio, some storyboards from Ruby Spears that I'd done, and, and, and a sketchbook. And the sketchbook was the thing that caught your eye. And you're like, oh, you, you – and I was – like copying yeah. Al Williamson hands and stuff like that and poses. And he's like, Oh, you, you can draw hands. Okay. That's hard. Okay. Get, get this guy. And then, and then we like, wait, don't I know you from somewhere? And then we remembered the, the Doug Wildy thing. Wow. And we'd spent like an entire afternoon together. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. No. And then, and then the thing is, is like during Deke, um, if you guys, Dan and I were like, we, we, we're from the same generation. So like we both knew and we're both Astro Boy fans, Gigantor fans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the eighties in Hollywood at that time, you know, with like the Dickies doing Gigantor, you know, like we'd go to all the concerts (laughs) and shit and us. We're running around Hollywood like an idiot, you know, (laughs) well, I was the idiot, but, (laughs) but anyway, so, but, the thing is, is like we also had like um, collections and like, especially when I would get sent over to Japan, I think I got sent over first. Dan spent mm. more time in Japan, mm. but we were, we were, me, we, we, I didn't even know who Miyazaki was. I just had these film books. Yeah. Same here. And, yeah. I, it's it's like, like, we didn't know who he was. And it's we, like, and then we go to Japan and it's like, yeah. ah! <laughs> you know, we're <laughs> bringing all this stuff back. Yeah. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, and, we bonded with like the uh, Japanese directors. They really liked me and Dan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, uh, um, yeah. yeah. Hirakawa in particular. Yeah. 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 Hirakawa son. It's special. Uh, he was, he was wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And we, it's like, and we learned Japanese style. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we, we did storyboards Japanese style. So they, they really liked us. And uh, come into play a little bit later too. What well, well, was <laughs> funny too was like I had gone to the World Science Fiction Convention and saw the movie Lensman, mm-hmm. and and the and I bought some books of of that film and they were like film like comic books made of frames of film, oh, and wow. and uh, Hirakawa directed the the computer animation. It was the first CG integrated yeah. CG film uh, oh. you know with, with animation, and he had, he directed the the CG stuff. So. We're in a meeting where we're meeting him, and I'm like, I see. Wait, they mentioned Lensman, and I and I brought the book out and had his picture on it. I'm working with this guy. It was amazing, wow. and then became very good friends with him. It was it was it was yeah. wild. That's yeah. that's incredible. And then we and we would uh, on our collections. I remember one um, San Diego con. 
I actually picked up this this beat up, you know, like it was like it wasn't beat up, it was like, but it was the only VHS copy you could get of a decent print of uh Superman. The mm. Fleischer Brothers Superman. Oh, yeah. The Fleischer And yeah. we just, you know, I would we would just like watch that thing over and over, like and just look at the techniques and stuff. And notice that Miyazaki is using those techniques too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. and plots too. <laughs> and, and, and giant robots. Yeah. And so it's like, so, you know, and and so we're like, and Brad was another one that was like, you know, they, they were just, you know, Deke was like trying to just get people to just crap it out and stuff. Mm-hmm. And me and Dan are going to Brad. No, we're doing it fast, <laughs> but it doesn't have to be crap. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and when we're doing stuff like real Ghostbusters, we're starting to get more into that action adventure stuff that we really mm-hmm. wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But you never we we're always doing Saturday morning. It did Jason the Wheeled Warriors and uh what is it, you know, like you name all the Deke shows, cops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, we're trying to do action adventure and it's like and then there was like Starcom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where I remember you couldn't get a storyboard artist to save your goddamn life, <laughs> to do action adventure, or to just look—they're just sitting in a cockpit in outer space. Can't you get this right? And it's like no. So ninety percent of the time, those shows, and Alf was another one, and oh. Alf Tales, where Dan—I just remember like Dan, I, I gotta stay late. Can, can you stay late too? And Dan's like, yeah, I'll stay late. <laughs> in the same room and I'm drawn and handing it over and Dan's inking it. And then he hands me something and I ink it. And it's like, we're just, man. We do, I remember we did a whole entire acts overnight. Like on Starcom, was it the Trojan Crowbar? Right, had, right, right. We actually did an entire act overnight. And I did the whole first act solo. <laughs> And I yeah. thought I was done. And then the guy hands in this horrifying piece of crap. <laughs> and we were up to like four in the morning and, and we did it. Yeah. The deadlines you couldn't miss. You couldn't mm, miss. Right. Stuff was going no. on there. And wow. anyway, so flash forward to Bruce actually worked on Cops briefly. Ah. Did so, yeah. So, yeah. Don't you remember, Dan? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Peter Chung was doing the character designs. And then all of a sudden, there's this long-haired kid who hands in these character designs. They're like, man, this is the style of the show. And then Peter's like, no, my style is the style of the show. (laughs) But I did get to tell Bruce how much I really liked his designs. They they, they were actually really exactly what the show kind of needed. Oh, yeah. And then when he came in on Beanie and Cecil, I would actually take a break from working on Elf and watch him board. Uh, because it, it was like uh, it, it, it was like watching like like Wally Wood coming in, and uh, these things were extraordinarily beautiful. Wow. And and you're just like how how does this happen? You, you you're <laughs> it's like wow. I do this. I don't know how this happens from this guy because it was like it, it, they were like little comic books, and it was like wow, this is insane. So that was that was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. So we have the introduction to Bruce for you guys. Is where he's coming in and working. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. And then I leave. I leave Deke 
just because they made it so impossible <laughs> for me. It's like they kept cutting the budgets, and I'm like, oh, I, I just, I'm out of here. And I worked at Disney Feature on Lion King and Treasure Planet and wow. some other stuff in development. And then I was doing comic books for TSR. And then I get a phone call from Bruce, and they're going to do a Batman. And I'm like, oh, the Tiny Toons guys are going to do Batman. This is going to be. Right. I go in there and I go and I see, and Dan was at TMS at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and they're they, developing they, a Little Nemo in Slumberland as a TV series. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so I heard that that got canceled for whatever yeah. reasons, you know, I mean, but the TMS was kind of flighty back mm-hmm. in those days. But so I'm sitting there and for the very first time, you know, I'm sitting there, I go in and I, I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll have a job, maybe I won't. But then Bruce showed me that trailer that they made, mm-hmm. you know, and yep. I go, oh, my God, are you <laughs> kidding me? And it's like immediately I call up Dan, 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 <laughs> like, you got to see this. And Dan's like, I already saw it. Yeah. <laughs> call me up. I, I don't know how. I think Paul Wee had gotten a copy of it from somebody. And it had circulated around. And so I got a bootleg of that thing. And it was already like a copy off a copy off a copy off a copy. And I got this like seventh generation version, but it was extraordinary. Wow. And um, yeah, so when Kevin gave me the call, I was like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> I was say. Yes. That's an incredible so, call to receive. Wow. So, yeah. Another name you mentioned brief in passing, I think, was Brad Raider. Was Brad brought in by the two of you then or was he Brad, recruited Brad separately kind of hired exactly the same time as me okay yeah. um, but you know but we we were communicating i don't remember what made brad might have been hired first mm-hmm. I, I was the first director that they hired but okay. Brad, you know i think was the first board artist and then you know and then got well basically you know from we brought in like for my crew it was like the deke team and then we got mike gogan right you know oh, god James. You know, and it's like, and Mike was a character designer, but I was like a little bit leery because, you know, I knew him as a character designer. He said, no, I want to do boards. I want to do boards. And, um, and he says, and promise me that you, I'm not going to do any character designs. And I said, that's right, Mike. <laughs> you won't be doing any character designs. He did all the best character designs. He did. Of course. R- Randa Dwayne was, was that, that oh. Marilyn Monroe robot. Oh, yes, oh. yes. And usually, like, Bruce does the girls. But mm-hmm. in this case, Mike did that one. Wow. And uh, all the turns and all that stuff. I mean, he, Bruce might have done, like, a, like a, like a yeah. rough for him to follow, but he did all the turns and attitudes and all, it was just, it was extraordinary. Wow. Yeah. Um, that was for my crew though. And it's for you. <laughs> and, and, and he did all the attitudes and stuff for Clayface. I mean, Bruce, like obviously yeah. designed this stuff, but he kind of had a loose, you know, thing. And, um, and, and I, I don't think Bruce did any of the, the attitudes. I think no. that was all Mike. Mike did, yeah, did all well, that stuff. But Bruce we, colored, I uh, did as he wanted a certain, yeah. like, how to ink it, you know, he wanted to know, you know, how to do the shading, but but it was me, Brad, and Mike um, doing the Clayface Feet of Clay, for instance. Mm-hmm. Like, what what the script didn't give us anything. <laughs> you know, it's like the script has him, well, he's mimicking this guy. Oh, he's a desk now. Mm-hmm. Oh, this desk comes alive. It's like, no, weapons, axes, maces. <laughs> we're, we're sitting there trying to figure out, as we boarded, what Clayface did. And then mm-hmm. Mike took that and created... A, a, a 
you know, the poses that we needed for exactly that. Right. And then, and then the animation studios too were ones that we had been working with in the past. Right. And that one was like TMS just took yeah. stuff that was great and made it classic, phenomenal, yeah. unbelievably great. Yes. Whenever we get to review a TMS episode, it's like, it's like okay, we know, <laughs> like this is, we know this is going to be a masterpiece. Like, I, I did like all of the the character designs of Matt Hagen's uh, uh, roles. Uh, I did, I, and yeah, Brad was uh, roughing a bunch yeah. of them out because there were so many different things. I was like, holy yeah. cow. So yeah. it's like, you know, and you did some and, and, and Brad did like roughs and I was cleaning up and adding to and uh, the doughboy and the this and the that and the, you know, the pirate guy and the, you yeah. know, <laughs> it's like, but, but, uh, man, but, but then when they just amalgamated everything, oh, I did the Nosferatu, I think. <laughs> yes, you did. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that last, yeah. That last sequence goes down as one of the the best. That but then they just plussed it with that that you know, and it's in the board. Mm-hmm. But they just made it freaking yeah. like really. Yeah, because I remember when when I got that, I was supposed to be doing some other thing, and then Bruce comes in with the the script for Peter Clay, and he's like, "Yeah, it's like this, you know, what do you think, you know?" And it's like I was supposed to get Acom. Ooh. And I, I read the script. One, and right? like, they yeah, did part I, one. Yeah, they did part one. And I was like, oh my God, are you kidding me? And he's like, yeah, I know. We're going to have to pull some strings here. Acom is and, notorious on our show. We, any, <laughs> oh. like, they, they were infamous. They were, they were awful. <laughs> they were another group that we worked with at Deke. Yeah. Um, yeah, all those animation studios, except for Jade, mm-hmm. um, I think we uh, were all ones that we worked with. Yeah. And that, so the connection was already there, right? Yes, and, yeah. This, you know, like, uh, yeah, Spectrum was one that, uh, yeah. yeah, that was Fukuda, who, so Fukuda, right? Who did a lot was the TMS connection with uh, Deke, right? Yeah. So and Ken Doer, yeah, we had known Ken Doer since he was a production assistant, <laughs> and you know, and he's like you know fluent, genius, fluent English, Japanese, you know, and uh, that helps. <laughs> so that's how he became the producer over at. Uh, you know, without him, I don't know what we would have done. Oh, man, time. holy cow! I don't know. So it was um, all those connections. Nan Lighting too, she right? Was a manager, and she—I yeah. knew her from when she was a PA. Mm-hmm. Right. By the way, going back to Deke um, and the Japanese directors yeah. uh, and the Fleischers, so I was really cautious about showing this stuff to these guys, and they—they they were like, "No, no, no, we want, we want this. This is." We don't see these in Japan. So uh, so I ran the whole bunch, including the Japateurs and all the other ones, and they were like, oh, boy. And they <laughs> loved it. They loved it. And this is including, like, Osamu Dezaki. The, the, he was, like, the, the guy who directed uh, Cobra, Gogol 13. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm like, I had him in my apartment. I was like, oh, my gosh. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so uh, it was... It was yeah, it was pretty cool. It was a good day. <laughs> so. <laughs> so we see we see the connection. You guys are a big family starting for I mean, like you, you know, it's all all these little connections. You made connections earlier on in your careers prior to Batman. Uh but really you guys started working together, I assume almost immediately on the show, right? So what was yeah. the first time that you guys what was the first episode that you guys remember working on together? Oh. You mean um in uh, um, Batman? Yeah. On Leather well, Wings. Yeah. Right. Oh, the very first one that was done. The very first one. Yeah. The pilot. Yeah. 
So yeah. you guys started off on a on a high note. I mean, it's legendary. Yeah, yeah. It's legendarily one of the. It's the thing that brought everybody into this world. It gave them the sense that this was not the Adam West version of Batman. Yeah. This is not even the. It's not even the Michael Keaton version of Batman. It's its own sort of storytelling mm-hmm. devices. Uh, visually, it's very different than anything else that had been seen since the the 70s or the roots of the of the character itself but so you guys really got to kick things off there and really uh you know get started right away with a with a bang Uh, yeah my first assignment was to help design man bat and uh i blew it but (laughs) 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 but but i uh i i insisted that his hand be wings because as much as i love neil adams i think he's a genius i thought his work was fantastic Mm -hmm. it always bothered me that the wings just like come out of the 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 wrists in a really weird unnatural it just seemed like well now it's a cartoon it doesn't have any basis in science and you know Mm -hmm. so it's like so we made the wings like hand thing and i and i kind of like made it work so that he had some fingers that he could still and bruce was like okay all right, fine. He signed off on that. And we kind of like, I tried to work it and make it big of monster thing. But then Mike King Kim came along and really like he, he nailed it. It was a great design. Yeah. So, you know, that I, way we're you uh, share it my, with you. <laughs> yeah, if you look at my storyboards of, you know, the sequences where man bat transforms and stuff, mm-hmm. the design I was working off of was Dan's. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He has eyes. Yeah. So he has eyeballs. Oh, yeah, very interesting. Ah, okay. So they so. dropped it. It's like, so it was like, you know, but it's like, so they didn't have to change the board because no. the design that Mike Kim came up with follows yeah. what Dan was doing. Yeah, yeah. Proportionately, he, they gave him kind yeah. of Popeye arms to justify the, the strength for the wing. It was great. Yeah. It was it was really cool. I I actually that was the, the the main collaboration I did on the show was help you I cleaned up some of the board uh just a little bit around that area uh so that was kind of fun because yeah yeah I just I remember doing the scene right after the transformation that was all you but then when he like picks up the desk and throws it at Batman and then goes out the window I think yeah. I helped clean some of that up yeah. uh, which was, well, that was I, I think yeah I might have done the look uh, the 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 pathetic look at Francine I might have come oh that that's, yeah that's that 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 little moment yeah. <laughs> but that was Kevin's board I'm cleaning up I can't take credit no no <laughs> collaboration that's the all collaboration. Right. No, but we were doing what we always it. did we yeah, were handing exactly. back and forth you know yeah exactly exactly well you that know, along with everything else on the series clearly is a masterpiece right and uh, <laughs> speaking speaking of masterpieces as mentioned at the top we're kind of looking forward at the uh, Batman mask of the phantasm 30th anniversary coming out this year amazingly and uh tell us your your guys memories of just like when that project is first mentioned and i know the legend is like it was supposed to be just direct to video and then it very late in the yeah. game got switched is that is that accurate pretty yeah much. pretty much yeah. yeah no we we had um they called us in they were talking about we're going to do a direct to video mm-hmm. um, i think only disney was doing direct to videos at that time right and they're doing, they're, you know, but they, they're, they're Saturday morning stuff at that time, like gummy bears and stuff was really high quality. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, so I think Warner Brothers was looking to get in on that. Um, I think they were planning on doing Tiny Toons, but they wanted to do a standalone thing. And I remember we had a meeting um, where everyone came in there where we were talking because we had finished the second season. No, the first season. Right, Dan? Yeah. We had finished the first season. 
Yeah, and this was going to be like maybe like it, it, yeah. we, we're probably going to get a pickup, but we don't know. And in the interim, let's do this video. Yeah, so, so way to keep the crew working. Yeah, right, right. Crew together. Um, and that was Gene McCurdy and I think Tom Ruger. Like they're you know they were championing that idea. So mm-hmm. so basically, we're going to keep all the crews together, and each one's going to have a section. You know, and I remember we had this meeting where Paul Dini had a great idea, kind of a Harley Quinn Joker one. Mm-hmm. And then I remember Marty Pasco talking about a character whose eyeballs were on the ends of his fingers. <laughs> Ten-eyed man, right? Is that- yeah. 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 And I'm like, yeah, that's not, you know, it's like in Michael Reeves had an idea. Yeah. But, but, but yeah. 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 <laughs> and we're all going to work Look, out. Alan couldn't stop laughing when the Ten-eyed man <laughs> I mean, and and every and and Marty kind of hated that because I mean, every time it was mentioned, he would giggle, and, and it's like, <laughs> I see you. <laughs> it was just like, just couldn't picture. So you know, so what? Batman throws a cactus at him, and he's out. You know, it's like, what? Well, how does that? How is that a power? You know, yeah. <laughs> and and then Alan Burnett. You know, I, I think he was just entertaining everyone. And honest to God, the Paul Dini script was really good. That actually became one of the Batman adventures. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. which, which has the return of Grace. And it's a, it was a sequel to Two-Face. Right. Okay. This is where Two-Face is in jail, uh-huh. stuck with the Joker. You know. Uh-huh. Anyway, so that became a Batman adventures comic book. I think the Ty Templeton drew. I'm not uh-huh. sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. But anyway, um, so, but then... You know, Alan Burnett pitches us his uh, his love story, his Batman Year One, mm. his Joker origin, and I'm like, this is better than the Bill Finger, you know, Bob Kane Joker mm. or Jerry Robinson Joker origin. Right. This yeah. is better than you know, it's 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 like it's better than any any origin. It's like it makes it makes the Tim Burton one look stupid. <laughs> Because it's so logic, and I'm not saying the Tim Burton movie is. See, the thing I'll say about a Tim Burton, the Tim Burton Batman, even though I don't agree with a lot of the things, the takes he does, mm-hmm. it's not a Batman movie. It's a Tim Burton film. Sure, well, sure. It's its own thing. And sure. you know, Tim Burton does Tim Burton. Absolutely. So you know, but the, the, just this origin of the Joker, where the Joker. In flashback, we see how he's connected to the mob, and he's a an assassin mm-hmm. for the mob. You know, he's a gunsel. And so when whatever the Red Hood thing happens to him, and he becomes the Joker, well, of course he's going to become a mob boss and want to just take over the town. Right. Because that's what he does. He's part of it. Right. So I thought that was actually really good. And then when I found out that the Joker's going to be in it, I only got to do one Joker, and it was with Tim Curry, and that's like it was really great. I got to I got to meet Tim Curry. And, oh, very cool! So you did yeah. the last laugh? Was it was it the last laugh? Yeah, he okay. did the last laugh, and he I think in Christmas with the Joker, and mm-hmm. then after that he was um, whatever happened. He, mm-hmm. you know, I think he had to do a show in New York or something, so he got removed. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Mark Hamill took over. (laughs) And I'm like, I haven't, it's like every time the Joker and then Harley shows up, I don't get it. (laughs) So I go, 
okay. And I walk into Bruce and Eric and Alan Burnett and I go, do me a favor. I, I want to, number one, I want to meet Mark Hamill. And number <laughs> two, I want to do the Joker. So give me the Joker stuff. Please. Is, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, I apologize to Dan. <laughs> Because he's the director now. He he's not on my crew. He's he's his own right. crew. Mm-hmm. He's got his own you. crew. <laughs> yeah, well, I recommended him right off the bat. That right. Dan Dan was like, yeah, I had directed at Deke, but I I was I was apprehensive about directing on Batman because really? I knew it was going to be yeah I, I knew it was going to be a big deal, and I was getting ready to get married. I knew I you know I just thought look I just I'll do what I do because I I direct here I'll 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 I won't have a life. And I didn't. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> but so on, on the Mask of the Phantasm, on my sequence, my sequences, and I, I really had to do the boards myself because I really wanted to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, like the all the Joker sequences, including the flashbacks, you know, where he's a thug. Mm-hmm. It's like, and, uh, you know, it was me and my Dogan and Brad and, and, and Brad, yeah, yeah, because I think Brad, Brad did the Brad did the uh, the Joker in the dilapidated. Uh, you know, he did some of that stuff with the the uh, uh, Sal Valestra. Oh yeah, yeah, with Hazel, the, the Hazel stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And see, then you did, the, yeah, then you did the climax, the fight at the end that was just so marvelous. Yeah. And and Mike did the hospital scene with uh, yes. uh, the the office scene and the hospital scene with the uh, with the. Um, uh, my gosh, the the, the council guy, uh, uh, Reeves, Arthur Reeves, yeah, Arthur Reeves, yeah, yeah. Arturo. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to, and I got to, to the recording of that. It was like, um, you know, Hart Bachner. He's like, you know, I'm I'm sitting there, and it's like there's something just this oily, you know, thing he has with his voice that he was doing that was like really cool, mm-hmm. and then just one of the i had to slap my hand i'm in the booth you know i'm not but he's sitting there and then you describe what's going on and you go and say okay he's he's like laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing and i don't remember there being a cut because he's like doing that and they're like now control yourself counselor counselor (laughs) okay 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 and then i said you know and it's like you just Describe to him what's going to happen. He said, and then you look over at the window and Batman's coming in. And just that, that, that voice that he has is like, Oh no. Yeah. That wasn't in the script. Oh, it wasn't in the script? Wow. No, the, the, the oh no wasn't in there. That was oh, just. Oh my gosh. That's know. so great. Now, Dale, yeah. what part? And it's funny. It's by the way, he's the son of of uh, the mayor. Hammer, that's 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 oh, uh, yeah, that's Lloyd Bachner's kid. I don't so know. Like, uh, like the, the politics. It was like <laughs> councilman and his dad's the mayor. You know, that's too just funny. Started. That's too funny. What did um, Dan? What were the sequences that you remember specifically? We know Kevin jumped in front and said, "Give me the Joker." Where there was yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't do any of that. So I just (laughs) no politicking. You were just like, "Give me whatever." No, no, no. And and uh, I mean, I I know uh, I I because I did like a lot of like jeepers. You know, there is the um, 
the uh, oh my gosh, my character's names. The first sequence in the cemetery. Uh, yeah, uh, that, that uh, I did that. Chucky Saul. Uh, that Chuck, or not, not Chucky, Chucky Saul. It was um, they, the the grave of Chucky Saul because Bruce yeah, Bruce Buzz. did the, the th- Buzz? Buzz Buzz Bronski. Buzz. Yeah. Um, but Doug Murphy boarded that. Uh, I I did like I think I did like the party scene. I did the scene. I boarded the scene where Bruce Wayne takes the red pencil and he makes the little smile ah. on the picture. <laughs> That's the stuff that I. That was what I remember boarding. Uh, I I did I I did the crowd scene where where uh, the councilman is 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 ranting and raving in front of the the press. Okay. Um, so uh, and uh and then. Uh, and then, and then the chase. Uh, I did a lot of the the chase stuff in the in the uh, yeah. The, no, you, you, you know, did the rooftop stuff. The rooftop stuff. And, oh, uh, fantastic! And, and, and also uh, the thing, I, I Kurt boarded thing, but we did some tweaks on it. The um, the 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 binocular shot. Oh, yeah. Yes. And was, oh. and what was funny about that was that uh, we were trying to make this read that he was reading their lips. It wasn't quite playing, and there's a shot. That Bruce thumbnailed, and we kind of realized we got it from two thousand and one, where where we we go through the window and we see Batman with the with the binoculars, and you pull back to see uh, Arthur and yeah. uh, and Andreas, you know, talking, and mm-hmm. you can say so he's it's clear that he's reading their lips, and um and that was a shot right out of two thousand and one with it's like Hal is like through the little window and he's reading Bowman's uh, you know their their lips talking and. And then I, I, so we were like, oh, we ripped off 2001. That's cool. And then <laughs> flash forward like 30 years later, I'm talking to Gary Lockwood and he's talking about working with Kubrick. And he's like, yeah, I, uh, I did this. The one thing that was Kubrick was really great with like input. You know, I could suggest something. And we, we couldn't nail this thing about how Hal could, re, you know, figure out whether. So we, I kind of came up with this idea about him reading their lips. And I'm like, get <laughs> 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 you off. <laughs> Oh man, that's great! Oh man, that must have been pretty funny. I love that. Um, so I know you guys are you're credited as sequence directors. I think is the official term, and then yeah. Bruce and Eric are credited. Eric Wadowski well, and Bruce Tim are credited as the action whatever directors. So what was that process like? Or so are you kind of doing your individual sections, and then they're kind of just spinning well, all at once, or how does that work exactly? What happened? The, the credits actually were done originally. And it was supposed to be there's um executive producers, and then it's produced by Eric and Bruce. Okay. And then we were directors. Right. Just just the same as it is on the series. Mm-hmm. But then there are executives like Bob Kane, I think, Michael Uslin, mm. people who are just, just attached, you know, like you know, like Stanley's att- you know, it's like executive producer Stanley. It's like yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. as if Stanley had anything to do with right. it. <laughs> but but so they kind of got bumped down like so they had to be executive producers because they're attached to all the dc properties Mm -hmm. and and then you know and then everyone got then the producer the executive producers became producers Mm -hmm. and then bruce and eric became directors and then we became sequence directors but it was was basically the same job that we always had Mm -hmm. Was there any difference that you remember in because it was even though it was originally direct to video was the plan? Was there any difference in budget for the that you guys could do more, or was it working with the same budget, same style that you remember? Same um, period, same time period, same budget, and everything. Yeah, um, but the difference is 
uh, aspect ratio. Yeah. When we found out, we we're like, oh my gosh. So some of the boards have to be had to be had to be reworked so that so that the compositions will work better for a widescreen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't really affect because we were already very cinematically minded, so mm-hmm. it really didn't affect that that much because the boards yeah. were really good, so it wasn't that that tough. But the main thing is, and, and you can see it almost like Bruce did it all in the very first sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the BSMP rules that <laughs> just broken right there. Broken because glass. We, we weren't allowed to like show oh, a fist yeah. connect with a face. <laughs> all those things were like camera shots with the flashes and mm-hmm. or the kicks to the yep. chest. Yep. All of that stuff. He made a point of like, let's get this fist right in a jaw. Uh, <laughs> let's have him break a lot of glass. You know, Joker's losing teeth breaking. and bleeding. Uh, it's just like almost in that first shot you know it's like yeah, i don't think he put any child endangerment in there. <laughs> there wasn't even nudity but there was a pretty salacious poster in that room that gets knocked over yeah, so it's like right. even that was like <laughs> a, a little more than we would have been allowed you know on the show so it's like you know the shady lady casino we couldn't have done that on saturday morning <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, i got so, the chocolate joker's tooth out yeah <laughs> yeah batman and him out. are both bleeding in that final yeah, sequence yeah. like yeah. Yeah. You didn't have to worry about the the blood, the blood, and uh, and you guys never saw like I I really wish that they kept an original print because the original print was like about five minutes longer. Wow! And uh, for my sequences, there was a lot more blood. <laughs> Doesn't like, those, those, those get those stabbed are... with the top of the Empire State Building too? Like oh, the original board I did, the Joker actually stabs batman through the shoulder Whew. and then the batman like he kicks him knocks his tooth out and then he stands up and pulls the spike from the price oh. building out of oh my gosh. and oh. then he's a joker man and, and, and there's like a pan of batman there's like a pool of blood under him and yeah <laughs> that was actually that was animated yeah the wow. big pool of blood and like they warner brothers is like that's too much <laughs> And the and the auto gyros, there was like about a minute more of them just you know just cutting him up. Yeah, just oh. you know there was a there was a lot more. And yeah. and for me, like as far as like the new format when mm-hmm. they did that, the only thing I think I had to do, and I remember doing, was like I went, oh boy, I get to do the miniature city, or you know, so <laughs> I actually so actually I made those compositions work better. Right. Right. That actually having the new format because originally it's pretty much a square. Yeah. Okay. And then when we got the larger format, that was one thing that I went back. I remember doing that, like, you know, because that the shots of the city, those are all straight off the board. Wow. Yeah. They they don't, you know, the the backgrounds were made straight off the board, including the little W would be on the building. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh, yes. like, that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and it gets a laugh every time. Yes. Every time I see it with a live audience, it's yep. like it, it gets a laugh. There you go. What <laughs> I love about that that sequence is it plays, it's like the, the inverse of all the Dick Sprang stuff where Batman is with giant, yeah. you know, working yes. with giant props. But in this the case, script. it's now giant the, Batman right. with Tiny City. Yeah, Joker no, and Batman are the Kaiju now. Dick Sprang. <laughs> yeah. Wow. This was I think it was written by Michael Reeves, and he was pissed off at me because, because, <laughs> because he went like, 
everything's big. They're on giant typewriters. They're doing this. They're doing that, you know, and they're jumping on these big tires and big this and big that. And I said, no, they're <laughs> Godzilla and King Kong. Yes. Miniature city and, of the and, future. And the thing is that that is a thing. That, I mean, that 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 actually yeah. existed in in both world fairs. There was yeah. that that miniature city thing. It, it it's real. The, the, wow. the, yeah. These world fairs actually had them. So, like Kevin's drawing from that, and also the idea of the Joker wearing the the, the Chrysler <laughs> building. That's actually an old thing too. The people dressing as buildings. There was actually a fashion show of the, like this from the '30s of, of guys dressed as buildings. It's really goofy. So yeah. actually, that's even based on something real. Wow. So yeah. it's, it's all like it's informed. You know, it, mm-hmm. there's an inspiration. Yeah. Reality actually, like you know, and, and I didn't tell anyone that I was doing the Joker is just. You know the Joker. He's doing you know costume change is what he does. Right. And I just had you know I just had him wearing the Chrysler building on top of the nose and the eyes. He's like it's like the classic. We you know send it to my hand a painting, but it's just like it's a building. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. We're sitting there in the editing bay, and um, the editing bay, and I, we're sitting there. And I'm watching, we're, you know, we're, we're editing, trimming this and that, the shots. And they're calling retakes. And they called a retake. And I'm like, I go, what? What retake? And it's like, well, look, the building's moving. I said, <laughs> just go to the next scene. And they're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that's not a mistake. Oh, my oh, gosh. Man. That's but great. You know, that's the thing. It's also, it's like, because it is such an absurd and funny thing that, you know, the Joker still has a sense of humor, even mm-hmm. even this dark weirdness that there's like something, you know, tweaked and weird and insane about it. But it's still funny, like 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 him uh, either grabbing the 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 cleaver or the baloney and hitting <laughs> her with the baloney instead. It's like oh, it's so brilliant. <laughs> it's like, yeah. You'll notice his hand hits the he does hit the cleaver. Right, right. Yeah, he yeah, has yeah. the chance. He's like, this would yeah. be funnier. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. no, no, no. It, it's got to be the baloney. It's like, I can't, if it's not funny, it's not worth doing, you know? Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So good. No, and, and also, there's like, one of the things that got cut from the storyboard, mm-hmm. you know how they, they have the, you know, the, the jetpack sequence, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, they both die. Time. And it's like, whatever it takes. And he yanks them and they both go down and they smash into the globe. Mm-hmm. Don't smash through originally. Oh. They land inside. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. Batman's messed up. The Joker's laying there. His his uh, thing is starting to, the, the jetpack is starting to burn. <laughs> so Batman, you know, just crawls over to the Joker undoes the backpack and like drags him out and he smashes away out and as he's dragging the joker to safety the joker's like for once i'm stuck without a punchline time it had to so they just they reboarded just that one moment and got him back outside and of course the other thing is now batman's i had him laying there just trying to He's, you know, hang on to consciousness. Mm-hmm. And the Joker is like, looks at him and he's like, oh, I, you know, he just looks at him with absolute love and pulls a knife out. <laughs> and he starts crawling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they're so like, no, 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 no. <laughs> just Andrea shows up. <laughs> just, no, no, no. That's too much. 
Now, Dan, I got a question for you. We've had so we've had Kevin on the show. Uh, he has declared, in his opinion, uh, and this is an opportunity for you to agree or disagree. You guys can hash it out right here. Uh, he has declared that Talia Al Ghul is Bruce's one true love. Uh, do you agree with that? Or having been working on this this movie, Andrea really was pro- uh, kind of projected as maybe his first his first love. Yeah. But uh, do do you have an opinion on who Batman's one true love is, especially this version? Well, uh, hmm. Hmm. (laughs) Now, before you answer, Dan, yeah, I want to say, remember everyone, everyone out there in DCAU land (laughs) um, that Mask of the Phantasm Number one, it like it flashes back to Batman Year One. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's it's basically the animated series Year One, but the whole movie is pre Batman the animated series. Right. Exactly. There is yeah. this is before Dick Grayson. This is before right. Robin's Reckoning. Exactly. So all of that. So exactly is like hook. It's like Bruce Wayne when he when he falls in love with Andrea. And goes through all the angst mm-hmm. and all that stuff. This is all before. He's, he's in his twenties. Yeah, he's exactly. 20s. He's, he's like he's, 23, 24, no. maybe. You know, maybe 23, 24. Mm-hmm. You know, Wayne Corporation isn't like the big mm-hmm. thing. No, no, they're taking that into account absolutely. Then, then Talia would probably, you know, because she came yeah. along later, and it's like. You know, and we never really played up a romance between him and Selena the way that's done in the in the in the comics. You know that 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 like, you know that that's that's not really a thing for right. us. You know that that's just you know, so Talia would be it. Yeah, I would imagine so. I, that doesn't that does, yeah. I I can't really I no I, I think I can't <laughs> agree. Well, because because ESPN style Wayne. sports fight here where you guys are yelling over each other as to who the real Batman love is. It's just a straight. Well, but Bruce Wayne, um, the thing is, Bruce Wayne has girlfriends. Mm-hmm. He does keep up the Playboy front for mm-hmm. sure. You know, and he and that continues like because you'll see in uh, Two Face Part One. Mm-hmm. You know, when he's at Harvey Dent's, he's chatting up this girl. You know, mm-hmm. until he sees yep. Harvey like going off to meet with Thorn, and he's like, "Hang on a second. And she's like, "Oh,", oh, oh. <laughs> you know, and and Harley's hitting on him, you know, and Harley's yeah. holiday. Oh yes, yeah, uh huh. You know, something about that chin. Hey, I know <laughs> you. You're Bruce Wayne, the boy. <laughs> Unattached, I see. That's right. <laughs> you know, and Veronica Vreeland is yep. a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. But they're not an item. No, in fact, she's kind of. Out, she takes him out shopping and, and you know. <laughs> has to get him out of that brown suit. <laughs> she's, she throws a drink on him at that party. That's, That's right. Girl. So it's like, well, she's, uh, you know, she was a girlfriend, clearly. Right. <laughs> like, uh, but, then, but then there's Talia, and Talia is the only one that, you know, and, and they do, they do go on. I mean, it's like, you know, even in the comics. It's like actually, if you saw the the ones that I'm really mad at Alan Burnett and Paul, by the way, <laughs> How dare you do such a good comic book and hire Ty Templeton? <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> you know, because the, the present, the, yeah, just for everyone out there, it's like yeah. the comics really good. Yeah. And yeah. I really, I really enjoyed the, the new, yeah. uh, yeah, and really Rule good. And Talia. Yeah. They've you know? been fantastic. And, and, they are continuing the the romance. Yeah. I think we we've even had some basis speculation as to where that that goes as they they're beginning to wrap that up. Yeah. But no, and in the in that comic, it's just like you know, Talia is like, well, you know, my father and I, why why are you here when we're on? You know, then I'm I'm taking one of my very few times off. And it's like, what are you here? Well, we own the island, so mm-hmm. you know, and it's like my father expects you at dinner, you know, and, and <laughs> it's like so they have dinner and they're doing this, and then there's just a scene where. Talia's under sheets and Bruce is wearing boxer shorts. So, so what just is that? what they do. <laughs> what they do when they get together. They're there they're a go. couple. There you know, go. they're they're they've got chemistry. It's there's no other character in the universe that really that he has that kind of chemistry with. Right. In your de- and and even further in your defense, if you're going into the main continuity, there's only one person that Bruce has had a kid with. And it's Talia. Yeah, so. exactly. I was going to say that. that I mean, they really <laughs> made a point of like, you know, it just it just makes that's and that was the whole point anyway. <laughs> that's what, <laughs> that's what Rache wanted an, an heir. Yep, right. Know? And, and it's like you know, so he's he's got him in in, in Damien. You know, he's got this. You know, yep. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like a mumbling, crumbling yeah. old man. So he's yeah. no. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, now thirty years on from this movie, um, how does it feel to you guys being so involved in the making of this? When you hear somebody say that's the best Batman movie, not the best animated, the best Batman movie, is that like a real mark of a badge of honor for you having having put so much work into it? Yeah, of course, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I I, I don't. It's. Yeah, <laughs> I, say, I, I don't want to sit around and argue with them. Right. You know? Yeah, you know? this is the time to pat yourselves on. No, the- you know, I, I mean, I, I think I think Return of the Joker has better animation because TMS was more involved, you know, and it's more consistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a really good film. Mm-hmm. But but well, I don't know if it will ever have the impact that that Mask of the Phantasm had because it's the first time that we ever saw this on a big screen. Mm-hmm. And and the story works so well. And it's. It, 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 what's what's really cool, what Alan did that was amazing to me was that he took that primal, that 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 integral part of the mythology, the 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 bats coming out and inspiring him to become Batman, and he didn't make it like, oh, this is a cool moment. It's actually a really sad moment. Mm. It's it's yeah. it's it's like it's a profoundly affecting choice for him to become mm. Batman. Um, that that you don't really think of that you always want to make it cool and it's like no it, it, it was a freaking tragedy that happened to him as a kid and it's like tragedy 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 <laughs> just keeps yeah. going right. like, he doesn't let up you know and he was uh, deprived of having an actual happy life mm-hmm. um by becoming yeah. batman so, so, the, the, yeah the visual language multiple times in the film where it feels like the universe is like like the black hand of the universe is just, just pulling him back down the scene in front of the grave where he's begging his parents. And then he looks up and you just see the lightning striking behind the Wayne name. Yep. You're like, Oh, like, it's like, it's like he's being like the universe is punishing him for trying to be happy. Like or when yeah, Alfred, exactly. Alfred sees him puts on the costume for the first time. And is like, you just see it's dread, but it's also sadness in his own right. That like, yep. oh gosh, like, this is what this is what's happened to this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and so that and that has never 
you know, no other film actually captured that. You mm-hmm. know, they, they make it all like it's it's oh. too cool. You know, oh, <laughs> so isn't it neat that he does this? And it's like right. it, everything is like this pat, like oh, it's just no. It's it's actually really, really, really sad. No, the most recent live action Batman, not not the Flash, the actual last the Batman, Batman, the Pattinson. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they, gonna, they both shouted out this a lot. I'm going to throw my computer across the room if you went on about the Flash. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Not, <laughs> not on this episode, anyway. Uh, but uh, no, uh, the the Pattinson Batman film. They both mentioned Mask of the Phantasm as an inspiration, and also, yeah, I feel like this was a movie where a lot of the other Batman films tend to maybe put more of the focus on the villains or a Harvey Dent or a Joker, or whoever. Because they're a little bit, you know, they're charismatic and they're interesting characters, whereas this phantasm is, it's really the story of Bruce Wayne all the way through from from when we see him as a young man and all the way through to the end when he's, you know, when everything's exploding and the Joker and phantasm and everything's been revealed. So it's like, I feel like it was also brave to be like, no, this guy's interesting. We just have to, like you said, don't worry about trying to make it too like edgy and cool and just like tell an honest romance about who this guy was and who and how he how he got that way yeah and also the one thing that one of my favorite favorite characters is alfred Mm. yeah and how i mean just the script just it just it just makes him he's ephraim zimbalist jr in this movie (sighs) oh so perfect it's so and it's so perfect and it's like and he's in the way he talks to bruce it's Mm. like and the people have always, I, I've gotten into arguments over this, mm. but the dynamic is Bruce Wayne as a young man is deprived of a kid. He's raised by the butler. Mm-hmm. He's raised by, and everyone forgets, uh, you know, Alfred Pennyworth, you know, they're, they're creating all this weird shit now. Pardon <laughs> my language, but he's a fighter pilot. Mm-hmm. He's a fighter pilot in the Battle of Britain, mm-hmm. all the way, and then he and then he ends up with like the French underground, and he you know he hooks up with Mamselle Marie, mm-hmm. and this is this is the guy that is now the butler for the Waynes, and he has to raise this kid, and he does, mm-hmm. and they're you know so this is it is Bruce Wayne's father. This is a lot yeah. of a lot of the combat knowledge a lot of the um first aid mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. all the the just all the stuff that you know you batman needs to survive comes from alfred mm-hmm. you know and it's like and they had they had that one great line it's like you think you know everything about me don't you it's like it's I, a, I heard your bottom <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's such a teenager lashing out like yeah. Yeah. Like, you're not even my real dad like yeah. <laughs> i don't have to do what you say like yeah it's that yeah. It, it's just it's just great and he's and he's trying to encourage you know he wants bruce to be happy right and he and he like and i love the thing just very simple very simple visuals he walks out with the tray whoops turns yeah, on i know it's awesome <laughs> it's brilliant it's brilliant uh, it's like, man that was a t- I, I think that was frank parr it was it yeah. was he did he did the the that 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 martial arts scene and the and the romance thing uh, and then yeah. he repeats it later on when like yep. when they reconnect he comes walks yeah. in but he turns yeah, around yeah, and yeah, does yeah, it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and it's like because i was because i i took martial arts uh 
I remember Frank coming up and saying, uh, you know, he brought this board into me and he says, so what do you think? And I'm like, well, it looks good, you know? And he's like, no, no, I mean, is that legitimate? And I'm like, yes, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> it is legitimate martial arts. It, you know, it's like, just remember it's animation. So, yeah. you know, it's like, how real can you make it? Right. Like, no, that's, that looks good, you know? And he did that little foot thing where yeah. Andrea, like, you know, tripped him up yeah you know and then he and then he and he grabs her with his feet you know and it's like yeah it was like no, a nice, nice little sequence mm-hmm. oh that's the other thing too that they it, it the you know they they've clearly done it you know in the film it's like there's, oh, yeah. there's all that there <laughs> and then it's like she's wearing his shirt and like yeah. it's and nothing else and yeah. you're like oh you know, and, and we don't have to get graphic about it. We don't have to get dirty about it. It's it's very you know it's it's very forties style. Mm-hmm. Like, like anybody who has eyeballs knows. Connect <laughs> the dots. Yeah. You absolutely. know. Um, yeah. So yeah. one of the things that I we've we talked about we talk about when we do reviews is we talk about uh, we like to talk about the music and this wasn't on the list oh, of questions that we God. sent you guys but. Can we talk a little bit, your guy? Once once you guys have done all this hard work, made this thing look beautiful, Shirley Walker, the the goat, as we would say, the greatest of all time, comes in and like it's like that. If you ever see that, there's a there's a a meme where there's like a guy that's writing and it's like the paper's turning on fire when it when they're <laughs> it's like the compositions that were done for this film with everything with the the choir, uh, you know, the, I think the the, yeah. the the, the crescendo at the end of the uh of the end of the movie and you get that that and and thinking it's the beginning mm-hmm. during the credits too but that choir like can you guys talk about yeah. what it was like seeing her compositions with the stuff and how that either enhanced or just made it more incredible <laughs> well it makes you feel like you know you walk up to the plate and you kind of like go you kind of bunt and she's like get out of the way <laughs> oh! <laughs> exactly it that's exactly so she, it. She, she, I mean, I've told this story a few times. I don't know if I told you guys, but like on two, I remember it was two face part one had come back in and uh, we'd finished editing and all that. So there's a work print and to get a phone call, um, you know, Bruce comes in, he says, come on, we got to go over to the lot. And I'm like, why? It's like, well, Shirley wants our opinion on something. <laughs> okay. We walk, you know, so we go over to the lot, you know, and the lot, Warner Brothers lot, especially then was, you know, it's, it's, it's a real movie lot. There's like guys on horseback going by. <laughs> it's like blazing saddles. Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like that. You know, it's like guys in spacesuits and stuff are walking around. Anyway, so we go into the studio and there's like, you know, like a 35 to 60 piece orchestra. And, Shirley's like, oh, good. Here, have a seat, you know, and sit us down. It's like, and she turns her back and she's, you know, and goes, now I just want your opinion on this. Okay. Tick, 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 boom. You know, and then there's like a scene from Two Face, and I'm watching it, and boom, 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 boom. And she turns around, so what did you think? And me and Bruce are just sitting there with our mouths open. Like, <laughs> That's, uh, it's great. No, no, you don't understand. You see what I was trying to get here. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, my 
God. You know, it's like tears are rolling down your yeah. cheeks. It's so beautiful. Mm. And, <laughs> yeah, it's like she's so friggin' good. It's like it was just it really is extraordinary. Uh, and it, it it's and it's it was a singular moment in time when this could happen. Uh, I guess like Tiny Toon started this thing with the orchestras coming yeah. back because that was not a thing that people did yeah. before, wow. um, and uh, and it was like from the from the 40s from the old. He wanted to do Tiny Toons like the old days, and so he brought the orchestras back. And so by the time Batman came along, um, they didn't know any other way to do a cartoon yeah. <laughs> Warner Brothers animation. They're like, oh, this is what you do, right? And thank God because we got the best musician in the world to compose for us. And and it was it was extraordinary and uh, yeah you'd get that they'd have the the film on black and white reels behind behind the orchestra and you'd you'd, you'd like sync it up he had the clicks you'd see the footage for the shot and then and then she would come she would be conducting in front of a live orchestra you'd see the footage and it was amazing they brought us in to watch a little bit of the scoring for the film mm-hmm. and yeah. and it was. It was extraordinary. It was extraordinary, and and the orchestra was even bigger for yeah. for the feature than it was for the for the series. That was the one difference. Also, it was like they got more people to play because yeah. they, they, they once it became a feature, they added a little bit more money to that stuff because it's like mm-hmm. oh, yeah. it's a feature, right? Yeah, because like the, when the series started, and it's like I've heard people are well, of course it costs millions of dollars per episode, <laughs> and the thing is, is like no, Batman the animated series did not. We were locked down to $500,000 per episode, and that included the music and the voices. Warner Brothers was not, you know, what they did. They they hired very carefully or let us have our way, Um, and they didn't really interfere very much. Not the producers, not Gene McCurdy or Tom Ruger. Mm -hmm. They had their say. They had things that, you know, could concern them. But they understood that, no, you know, it's like in order to get a certain level of quality, they let you have your head, you know, and they let you go. But, yeah, we were locked at, like, you know, some of the episodes, of course, you know, I know that some of the other directors would uh, perhaps spend more money, you know. But budgets were basically, some of the episodes maybe cost more, but we were like 500000 an episode. And Mask of the Phantasm... Yeah, and I think like probably a hundred thousand of that budget was just music. Wow, you know, yeah. but it really paid off. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really paid off. Yeah, we we talk about it when we review the episodes, especially those Batman episodes. It's and and honestly, Superman and you know, but the the, the so much of the composition and the stuff that uh, Miss Walker did, and then with you know the people that she eventually passed the baton oh, yeah. to. Yep. you know they those. Uh, compositions create ca- the character in a way they give depth to a character you know when you see the joker and you hear the joker theme what to expect even if it's played with different instruments or in different keys it's the same thing with batman the crescendo and and we talk about when we were growing up playing with batman figures we're making the music <laughs> when batman comes in to fight you know mm-hmm. da, 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 da. Like, we're doing the the shirley walker themes when we're playing with her so growing up the impact of that stuff and then today again it just makes the work that you guys did stand out even further and and separates all those all those cartoons that have that were made in the 80s and 90s there's very few of them that people can go back to today and look at and say man this holds up and 
part of that, I think, is certainly the the fact that the attention to detail and the 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 love and the heart that was poured into the musical composition is just oh yeah, absolutely, especially and and when I first heard that you know Shirley told me that they're going to do the chorus thing, and I'm like, geez, I don't know if that's going to work. Yeah, (laughs) you know. I'm, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm sold. The second, <laughs> and you do know what they're singing, right? It's backward, isn't it? Latin backwards or something? No, it's everyone's name backwards. It's, it's, oh, it's, oh, right. okay. it's the crew list. It's the crew list backwards. It's a it's a cast and crew, and like all of our names backwards. So in there, Dan Reba backwards, and uh, somewhere, somewhere in there, somewhere in yeah. there. And it, it sounds <laughs> foreign. It was like some trick that she came up with for something. She did, this is something that that apparently she she had come up with ages ago and, and was doing it whenever she had to have something sound Latin. She'd have people's names backwards. Tremendous, <laughs> tremendous. Love that. So moving forward, so since this film, there's only been really a handful of times that the Phantasm character has popped back up. Andrea, specifically, yeah. one being in a an episode of Justice League Unlimited, of course, just kind of as a little cameo mm-hmm. in the epilogue episode. And then more recently they brought her into the kind of the main continuity books and, and did a, like a big 12 issue series uh, with, uh, with Catwoman and the Joker and kind of tie sort of alluded to the mask of the phantasm and then sort of took it in some different ways because of the, what the modern comics continuity is. But do you guys have any like strong opinion one way or the other when that character pops up? Like, oh, should, yeah. we, should we leave it well enough alone or should we just bring in the professionals to take care of it? You do Kevin. <laughs> you go first, Dan. Um, yeah, she was brought in an epilogue as, as sort of a catalyst to, to help uh, Andrea, uh, excuse me, um, Amanda Waller sort of create a new Batman. And I don't know. <laughs> you know. It's like yeah. I, you know, I, we 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 weren't the kind of the thing is. In hindsight, we were trying to throw everything in there, sort of a best of biggest hits of Batman kind of thing mm-hmm. to incorporate everything in there as much as we could. Um, I don't know if it if it really sh- should have been done. I, I think she could have hired anybody to do that. Uh, it's just that I think they wanted a moment that was like, oh my gosh. You know, it's a little wink to people who knew. It's a little wink, wink, but but I honestly kind of think, and because they they weren't going to bring in Dana to do the voice, they weren't going to really like it. It wasn't going to be a role, so it 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 maybe it it maybe was a waste. You know, I I I think I think perhaps we could have we could have gone a different direction on that. Um, in hindsight, Mm -hmm. looking at it, it's like oh, it's cool, it's cool because it connects to his past, but it's It's sort of like I mean, the fact that she doesn't go through with it is great. Um, yeah. But but it also kind of implies like, well, what, has she been like like an assassin going around now? Right. Since, yeah. uh, why would no, why exactly. would this happen? Exactly. Well, no, it's like because that that was my argument on it. Because I go like number one, it's something I wasn't involved. Sure. But I, as soon as I see it happening, I'm going like, oh, come on, give me a break. <laughs> Andrea Andrea Beaumont's only drive and this is what separates her from batman is like no revenge exactly justice this is what she feels is justice especially for the joker right you know and uh and the only reason the phantasm exists is for her vendetta against all the guys that ruined their lives Mm -hmm. that that, that costume was burned destroyed yeah. that part yeah. of her life was gone forever so the idea of like somebody bringing that back to her t- is 
unlikely, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's always it's like, like new 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 creative heads or something wanting to own something. Like for instance, uh in my opinion, Killing Joke is another one, right? Barbara Gordon is wounded by the Joker. She's shot in the belly mm-hmm. by the Joker and is just she's just in the way of him kidnapping her father. Mm-hmm. You know, and then he's in the hospital and it's like Bruce, he's he's nuts. He's he's more nuts than ever, you know. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have to be Oracle. She can she can heal and become right. Batgirl again or Batwoman or whatever. Right. It's like wh- why? It's like oh no! But now now D- someone at DC is like I own this, mm. and now it's like wheelchair ridden. And then there's another Batgirl. It's like and and Bruce Wayne is constantly adopting a new Robin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how many kids do you need, man? <laughs> Well, this one got killed. Oh, God, I'll get another one. It's like, oh, for God's sake. I mean, at least the the, the one that's his son for real is like, okay. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. kind of get that. You know, it's right. like it's his kid, but you'd think he'd want to keep him away from the cape. Right. And, and, you know, it doesn't <laughs> so, have a high success rate of keeping yeah, him safe. Maybe or... at least till they have a driver's license, you know? <laughs> yeah. But then again, it's like, why does he have to be Robin? Right. Well, exactly. Robin Robin was Dick Grayson's creation. Mm-hmm. And Robin in the Batman the animated series I think is, you know, that's his kid. Mhm. You know, he raised him from a young man, but even as a young man he was quite accomplished in acrobats and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But he uh he basically creates Robin Hood, which mm-hmm. is something a kid would do. And he hangs on to it, and because in the Batman the Animated Series, he's now college age, mm-hmm. going to school. He's like, what would you say, Dan? Maybe nineteen, yeah, you know, nineteen twenty, and buff. Yeah. He's like he's he's like a he's mm-hmm. he's an athletic buff kid. He's like, he's built like Chris Hemsworth or someone. Right. <laughs> well, I I always saw him as more of like a Bruce Lee type. That was the thing. It's like yeah. I saw him as athletic, like like more acrobatic and, and yeah. that kind of thing. Like one of those those Olympic athlete, those uh, acrobatic you know guys mm-hmm. more and, than more than a muscle builder. And more than Batman, the thing about and Lauren Lester, I think he'd back me up on this, but. Robin likes to fight. Yeah. He likes fighting. It's mm-hmm. like he, he's into it. Like he enjoys, you know, he enjoys going up against bad odds and stuff. And, yeah. he's, and he also fights dirty. Very mm-hmm. dirty. You know? Not afraid to punch a guy below the belt. <laughs> Showdown. It's like, you know, and then, and like, you know, and he uses like, he, he just, hey, here's a couple of fish. Yeah. <laughs> Cracking boxes over Couple people. Of frozen fish, you know. That's right. Well, that's fantastic. As we begin to wind down, we got a couple more questions for you guys, but we'll begin to wind down here. Um, so, looking at um, this film, we've talked about how incredible it was. We know that there were talks of doing later, and there was a another director video that I know Bruce was not involved with the uh, Sub Zero movie, the Mister Freeze movie. No, but uh, Randy and and Boyd. Okay, So and so there were a lot like Chen Yi did designs. There were a lot of people that worked on the show that were on it. So it's not mm-hmm. like it was away from it wasn't. Right, but yeah. yeah, but it wasn't a Bruce and Eric thing. No, gotcha. But. But the thing I, that I disagreed with about that is like in something that I had a big hand in, mm-hmm. Nora Freeze being, you know, 
Mr. Freeze as Dr. Fibes mm-hmm. was my take on it. And, you know, Carol Monroe only existed in the movies as, like, you know, Fibes' preserved wife. So that's mm-hmm. how... But Nora Freeze, you know, she's she's dead. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. She's, she, she, it's like, you know, it's like, what's his name? Uh, the Walt Disney guy. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. He's sitting there holding it over his head that, you know, right. he's going to resurrect her. And it's like, he's lying. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. I, I, so bringing her back is like a superhero character. I was going to say, it felt almost like undoing the tragedy of the Mr. Free yeah, that's a character thing. in Heart of Ice, too. Say, right? and Dan could speak to this because then when they did bring the character back for the new adventures uh, season, you kind of had to create a whole new tragedy for Mr. Freeze to motivate right, him. Right, right. And it was one of those things that it was, um, when when we did the, the, the holiday special, Mm-hmm. And and the one story that Glenn did, where where yes. Mister Freeze is like trying to create a permanent Christmas thing, he wants the snow because she wanted a white Christmas, and yeah. it's in honor of his dead wife. Yes. And when we did our adaptation of Holiday Nights, yes, we only had so many so much time to ad- adapt things, and there was only so much. But one of the reasons we didn't choose that one was because Sub Zero sort of like negated that sure. story, and we kind of it's still canon you know it's right. like we can't just ignore uh i can <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. but then again we we cut off mr freeze's head and that that that's canon so right. you know, <laughs> like, like, it's just a guy in a jar eventually yeah. and uh, yeah, beyond no. <laughs> so yeah. let me ask you was there do you guys recall any discussion of a direct sequel or follow-up whether it be an episode or a full-length movie to what was done in phantasm that would have continued the story at all uh no no i mean there was like this was like again i said that this was the batman the animated series prequel yeah Mm -hmm. um exactly our it was our batman year one yep this is how bruce wayne came to be you know this is what happened these are andrea boma was a big part of uh what made him into batman if she didn't skip off to uh, Europe with her father, um, that and it's like it's it's not a mistake that he's like after all the bats fly up out of the cave, he finds that there's this cave system below the mansion yeah. that he never right. knew about, and he's coming up on a ladder when he gets the note. Right? You no, know, it's yeah. You know, it's, it's like everything is leading towards him being Batman, right. and and uh, yeah. and 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 that that marriage would have like put the kibosh on that. (laughs) (laughs) Although they might've been a crime fighting team. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. She's got the skills. Bonus question. If, if the only thing that separates the phantasm from Batman is the the pursuit of vengeance, but Batman declares he is vengeance, <laughs> is there some sort of, like, yeah. is, Bruce, is Bruce a hypocrite? Yeah. Is Batman a hypocrite? He, no, because um, as Batman, um, well, it's like, it's like the movie that um, originally that Bruce Wayne and his parents take him to is the Mark of Zorro. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so he plays the fop, not the fop, but a playboy, something mm-hmm. that he actually is not. Mm-hmm. Um, he, and when he goes and he says, I am vengeance, I am the knight, he's actually saying that to someone. Exactly. He dons the Batman guys to scare, to be scary. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the cape is not 
just, you know, it, yes. it, it, it's scary. It's it obscures. It's like, so that the weapons and things he pulls out, it's like magic. Mm-hmm. It's at pockets yeah. and things. There's things in the belt. There's pockets, different places where it's hidden. But, you know, no one knows, you know, you, no one knows what's going to happen. Right. The criminal. So when he says, I am vengeance, I am the knight, it's like, well, not only does that sound good, but he's, he's, he's putting, he's putting it on. He's right. scared. Exactly. Especially in that episode, because he's going up against the scarecrow who's in. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I'm scarier than you. Right. Right. You know, I don't, I, I don't get scared. I make things scary. You know, I scare others, yeah. you know. I love yeah. that. And yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's just a quick final aside. Obviously, we'd be remiss not to mention um, the the late Kevin Conroy, of course, as yeah. the voice of Batman. I just had a quick question. We spoke a little bit with Kevin uh, last year, a little bit earlier this year when we had him on to discuss Bane. But do you guys remember just like the first time you heard him do the voice? And like, oh, what, yeah. what, what, what was that feeling like? And, and how does that, you know? And just a little bit about about your your personal relationships with Kevin. Well, like last time I saw him was at the uh, Garden State Comic Con. Um, mm-hmm. At Garden State, it was at the Meadowlands uh, East Coast Comic Con, and they had a panel. And I hadn't seen him in like I don't know seven eight years. I don't know. And the thing about him, and I'm not saying I'm unique, but I'm sitting there doing a sketch for someone. I'm a drawing in the booth. And then I look down, there's like these two feet and I look up and there's Kevin Conroy and he goes, Hey Kevin, Hey Kevin. It's like, give me a hug. <laughs> you know, and it's, it, he, he was like that every time you saw him. Yeah. He's, he, he's, he, he was your best friend. Yeah. Exactly. And he wanted you to feel that way. And, yep. and it's like, in. I don't think you could even piss him off. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm really, I'm really, it does. In the first time I met him mm-hmm. um, at the recording, I walk up and I'm like, Michael Keaton's pretty good, but my God, this guy is friggin' Batman. No kidding. He was lantern jawed, handsome, broad shouldered. Hey, you know, like he looked like, yep. I'm like, why isn't this guy Batman? Yeah, exactly. He was athletic and everything. He, he kind of had skinny yeah. legs, but yeah. other than that, <laughs> but, yeah. they were, but they were in good shape, you know. Mm-hmm. He was, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but but he was just like, oh my gosh, he was, oh, man, he yeah, was Batman. Mm-hmm. You could yeah. totally see the the mask on him. You know, mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, yeah. A, a yeah. friend of ours who actually worked on the Adventures Continue comic, uh, Jordan Gibson, did a sketch of Kevin in the bat suit with just kind of like the shadow of the cowl across his face. It's like, why? Yeah. Why didn't that guy get, you know, why didn't that guy's phone ring in, you know? Right. Right. Well, but he ended up, I mean, he ended up being, being Batman and like the whole thing. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that very few people out there got to see him perform. Yep. Because one of the most fun, Yeah, go ahead, Dan. No, no, you go ahead and say it. You you started it. Well, I, I know where I you're had, going, but I just, just I just was sitting there like on um, Harlequinade, just seeing him, Mark Hamill, and Arlene Sorkin interacting in the booth together was like a once in a lifetime thing. It's like you know I can't I can't even describe because it it's like you see the cartoon, 
mm-hmm. you know, and it, it's pretty funny, you know, it's like, it's pretty funny, but it's like seeing Arlene playing Harley, you know, <laughs> like where she goes, you know, it's like we're, she's actually performing to Kevin Conroy. Exactly. You know, and he's like, you don't see it. You don't do anything. You don't touch anything else I tell you. You got it? And she's like, yes, sir. <laughs> Just, it, That's the what, thing. What we did in the cartoon is what they did with each other. That That is exactly the thing. And that's the beauty. That was the, the, the strength of, of Andre Romano as well as director. She oh. she knew that these people had to be in the room to get the right performances. If they don't bounce off of each other, there's something false. There's something. And, and that's one of the things that kind of bugs me about the way features are done, because oh. everybody's voice is recorded a million ways so that they can have all the control in the world in case they change their mind or the story or this and that. Right. And and it's and, and they're not literally talking to each other. It's fake, and yeah. and we were actually able to get real performances out of people, and 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 they were they were yeah. genuinely bouncing off of each other. And I wish I wish you could have seen, you know, <laughs> you could you could have seen the look that Kevin Conroy gave Hart Bachner. <laughs> you know, like a friend in need. Yeah, Arthur, you know where you can stick it. Stick it. <laughs> It's like it is. It is performance amongst actors. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and it's like Andrea Ginny. Um, Ginny McSwain was the uh, would also do that. Insisted. Mm-hmm. I worked with her. Um, other than Andrea, those are the the only ones that bring all the actors in. Yeah, you no, know, all of them in, and like, yeah, there's such value in just acting off of each other. Yeah, absolutely. And, so that's 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 like the first day of acting school. Note, right? It's reacting. It's exactly. hearing, what, hearing exactly. what the other person says, and then you respond to that, as opposed yep. to just say yeah. yeah, it fifteen right. ways, and we'll pick one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, uh, and and it's one of those things where Andrea would would like get up at like six in the morning, no, five, four in the morning, four or five mm-hmm. in the morning, and go over a script scrupulously, making all these notes, and get ready for a record. She would sit down with the actors before you do a table read where she would like, this is your motivation. This is what, this is what's happening on the screen. Um, and, and they would know absolutely everything they needed to know going into the record. Yeah. Um, and, and so it was like her preparation just like made that stuff sing. It, it was yeah. extraordinary. And she'd call you up too. It's like if she had a question. I don't know what she did. Oh, exactly, all the time. Yeah. I think she did it with me and Dan. I don't know about the other directors. But yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Because you're always but, like, uh, you know, then every now and you go, oh shoot, there's a helicopter. Um, they need to be yelling. <laughs> it's yeah, right, like right, you right. know, and it's oh, there's this going on, and you know, but there was always like, and then she'd always like, how close are they? Are they how you know that they get the volume and the intensity because you you just kind of like have to get that. And my thing was always, you know, for coverage, because if someone falls off a cliff, you don't know how high the cliff is. You don't know exactly. Right. You know the thing in your mind about you want it, but but it's like I always ask for like three yells to get like different lengths, so that you know right. it's like we know, you know, how far a person is going to fall. Um, I love that. That's tremendous. That that attention to detail. Another thing we talk about, we we sing the praises of Andrea Romano whenever we we possibly can. Just absolutely the voice and acting in, and the the performances. And in this film in particular, like Kevin, like gave it his all. He, yeah, um, th- those those shots of him uh, talking to his parents' grave were 
particularly resonant to him. Um, he really broke down apparently, and and Andrea had yeah. to had to console him because wow. he really he really 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 like it's him. Wow. Yeah. This this is this is this is uh, he pulled it out of himself. You know. Yeah. It is it is the performance of the yeah. I mean, you can go back and watch that scene and when he talks about not expecting to be happy and he's really just like begging for some release from this burden that he's carrying and there's just nothing and then the lightning strike is just ugh, get so, chills every time thinking about and, it. And when you find out about his real life history and what yep. happened, you know, it's like, oh my gosh. It it, it, it totally resonated with you know so so glad he got to write that story for the mm-hmm. um the DC Pride uh comic book a couple of years ago just talking about how his own you know his own personal life had informed being able to go to that dark place and and how it you know created that magic in some ways Mm -hmm. thank you both for sharing those those thoughts you You know we know know the the i'm sure it's it's not easy losing a friend like that and and talking about them but that's uh that's really incredible for us to hear and and really cements that legacy of i mean we already knew that that from every everything else everyone says that Kevin was an incredible yeah. human. And but... I, and I, and I don't know, I don't know much about like, you know, I knew, I knew he had cancer, mm. but I didn't really know how sick he really was. Um, but I wonder, cause in New York, uh, nine 11, he was right there. Yep. You know, he was front line, um, you know, serving food to all the guys that are diving into like, the wow. asbestos cloud. Well, yeah, his brother, his brother is a fire, uh, a, a fireman who he didn't die, but but he 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 felt a connection to all those that did, and mm-hmm. that's his city, and and he had to go back and do something. So he really just like a real hero. Yeah, um, he really I, was. It's like and, I, and it's like he, yeah, he was just serving food and stuff, but he was doing it right there. Like the guys would come out covered with dust and crap and there's batman serving you food <laughs> can you imagine you, um, you know the story right about how as, as he, I, I think we've heard it i think it exists somewhere online but I, i'd okay. love to hear you tell it please tell us yeah please regale us well initially he he didn't let people know he didn't he, mm-hmm. he was just trying to do this anonymously and and then somebody came up to him and said you know i've heard that voice before are you are, are you Batman? Are you Kevin Connor? <laughs> and he said, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he's like, holy crap. And so he goes like, you know who's been serving us breakfast? It's Batman. And in the back, someone's like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> language. You're sure, prove it. <laughs> and, and so so from the back, you know, like because he's like in a different area, he, he's like, I am the knight. I am vengeance. I am Batman. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. It is Batman. And they all cheered. Oh. And just, you know, he died because it was like, oh my gosh, this is That's <laughs> tremendous. And, and 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 then it was like, you know, it all just gave them this lift and this laugh and and they hadn't laughed, you know, this was like the first week and nobody right. had a laugh since it happened and and he just kind of felt like you know what where it loosened things up and it made people sort of like you know warm up yeah and so you know it was like he was in the right place because he goes like (laughs) yeah just like you know and then then that 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 you know that's kind of what he was like do the right thing Yeah. yeah 
mm. don't do the safe thing, don't do the right thing. And it's like, and I don't know. Well, you see, and I don't even know how much of an effect that had on, you know, how sick he became. Yeah. Um, but he wouldn't have changed it. Yeah. He wouldn't have changed it even if he knew. Yeah. You know, that's, that's who he was. Wow. Yeah. Thank you again for both sharing those stories. Thank They're you. Tremendous. I guess wrapping things up. So final question for you guys here. Uh, in your own words, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the legacy of, of Mask of the Phantasm. <laughs> Um, I don't know. What do you think, Dan? Well, I mean, back in the day, it was a failure. Yeah. <laughs> in the day, the the movie came out on Christmas Day and nobody went to see it. So we all kind of were like, well, well, you know, we, we, we yeah. gave it our best shot. What can you do? Nobody saw us. And, and we kind of let it go. And then when it came out on video, Siskel and Ebert reviewed it and went, holy crap. This is the best Batman movie that's ever been made. Yeah. And 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 we're like, yeah, where were you guys? Then? <laughs> they apologized. They did. They apologized. They, they apologized like, I am sorry. I did not see this in the theaters. Wow. You know, and uh and those guys could be picky about animation. They were like they would always like oh. nitpick bad oh cartoons are yeah. bad you know even disney films they'd like nitpick things that are like oh sleeping beauty uh, the animation isn't you know like what the f-? you know <laughs> none of that was, was siskel or ebert actually when they recruit they reviewed my neighbor totoro and uh yeah, yeah. He went said, yeah no he did go and say like you know it's like oh well you know it's this it's got that this japanese look to it and like and then the other i think it was ebert goes ebert like loved it. wait a second did you take your kids with you yeah exactly what did they think oh right. they loved it exactly yeah. <laughs> right, right. And, you know? and he recanted he recanted that later on he realized yeah, he, he did he made a mistake that 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 yeah no no it, you don't know where you know he didn't know <laughs> but yeah. but they you know but they both the fact that both of them agreed that it was a great film was like it, it was like a boost yeah and, uh, and and then and then it was like yeah it, it ended up living forever you know it just like it was one of these things where on video it it it, it thrived yeah and the one thing that i'll say about people about seeing the theater and i don't know I mean, I, I was at one screening with Alan Burnett recently, um, Fountain City Con, and I don't know if it was digital or what, but the thing is, is like when that movie came out and it was on film stock, mm-hmm. it's the same as seeing the Fantasia in the 70s when they re-released it because it's the original negative prints, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like that film stock, that sound, it fills the theater. Yep, and that was something that really seeing it in the theater makes it different than seeing it at home. Yep. Although I will say this, I have the laser disc. Ooh, laser disc does it! Wow, the laser disc. You know, you put it through the receiver, and it comes out through the old style speakers. Yeah, and it like rolls around. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of that's kind of how where Warner Brothers was was back in the day. Yeah, love it. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you both for taking so much time with us this afternoon and talking about this uh, this masterpiece that you both worked on and sharing stories and thoughts and uh, you know being in this roundtable. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was it was cool just to sit back and hear you guys share like, stories. That and- was basically our plan, which is we'll give you like the minimal prompt and then just just say go <laughs> and let you guys chat it up because that's 
that's what uh, that's what we want as fans and I, and I know our listeners will appreciate it too you guys want to plug uh, any social media kevin i saw you've been active recently posting artwork on there you're you're hit and miss you come back here and there <laughs> but uh saw you've been posting your sketches yeah no i mean i've i've been i mean i again i really i don't know i i don't have any plans right now but it's like i really enjoyed doing the that episode with uh paul yeah. and alan and hopefully mm-hmm. i'll be doing more comics Love with that. those guys I, I like i said earlier it's like i'm just like god it's like i want to do the racial ghoul talia one <laughs> <laughs> i really wanted to draw that i really wanted to draw that ty templeton's doing a great job he's okay. yeah i'm glad he's healthy you know yes but, yeah, yes yeah and he's but, uh, actually he's better than ever yeah he's really phenomenal yeah and it's like and, yeah and it, i've been doing like the the comic the comic uh convention circuit um wasn't really planning on it, but it's like I was, you know, heroic fine arts, you know, James, James, uh, Fletcher's, uh, yeah. you know, the gallery there. It's like, they're really, you know, it's really good events. Yeah. And I, uh, I got to get hooked up with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I'm doing a thing with CGC. Uh, they, they are, uh, they're doing an event for me. So I'm doing a bunch of cover, uh, commissions. Oh, very cool. No, it's like I was in DC, but we can go, but we can, I mean, DC is an hour away. So it's not, it's not that, it's not that difficult. And most of the time people will go to DC before they come to Baltimore. Cause it's like, yeah. we're going to get the full, we're yeah. going to get the full. Yeah. Uh, I grew up in Arlington, Virginia. And then, oh, you know, my dad worked in DC. So I just, you know, and my kids going to college in Charlotte. So we, we took a drive up there. And oh, very cool. cool. Very cool. Well, thank you both again for joining thank us. You. Um, you know, we'll be on the lookout for all that stuff. And, uh, and you know, we look forward to having you both on again uh, to talk more Batman cartoons and mm-hmm. DCAU and all that. But uh, thank you both for sharing your afternoon with us. No, no problem. Yeah. My pleasure. Yeah, he said it right. That's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what I say. Yes. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. And it, it was really entertaining to, you know, have Dan along, you know, because it's like... I was going to say, how many cool. interviews do you, have you guys done together over the years? Almost none. No, wow. not too many. Yeah. yeah. Interview exclusive. I was going to say. <laughs> no, no, it's it's like I because... mean, we talk amongst ourselves, but I don't sure. yeah. think we've done one of these officially anywhere. No, we did. We were on stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Um, at a San Diego con about four years ago. Yep. You, me, and Gogan. Yep. You know, and I had to... <laughs> that seeing like Frank in the audience going, oh, Frank should be up here. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and, Brad. and Brad. And Brad. You know, I'm like, oh, for crying out loud, this is, there's a lot of people here that, you know, but, you know, there's always someone from... Well, thank you guys. <laughs> Thanks for allowing us to be one of the first, if not the yeah. first podcast to have you guys on together. Yeah, this, is, a, uh, this is awesome. It was a joy, and uh, we'll look for other topics maybe to have you guys on together again in the future to share some more uh, stories. Cool. Cool. That'd be fun. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Right. Thanks, guys. Wow. So uh, that's uh, that's way up there, Cal, as we begin to uh, to wrap it up. Thank you again to Dan and Kevin for spending so much time with us and, and giving us so much insight into the making of that film. Uh, as we talked about and as we will continue to talk about, it's, it's one of the seminal pieces of this whole animated universe that makes it fun to go back and talk about and to hear how much uh, joy and passion they still have for, uh, for their work some 30 years on. 
uh, it's just incredible. And uh, to, to hear the, those two guys talk uh, for so long was uh, was such a pleasure. And uh, one of those uh, sort of pinch yourself <laughs> can't believe uh, can't believe this is happening when we were able to uh, to set it up. So thanks again to both uh, Kevin and Dan for making the time to be with us and for uh, for sharing and, and being so open about their their time working on the film. Hearing hearing behind the scenes stuff, sequences that were cut, even things that they decided to uh, to uh, eliminate for for keeping that PG rating. Uh, you, you love hearing all that stuff, stuff that you probably would never never know or hear about uh, unless you heard it directly from the source. So, mm-hmm. uh, just a a wealth of knowledge from the two of them, and uh, we look forward to getting them both back on the program at some point. But uh, yeah, special thanks to both of them for uh, for spending an afternoon with us us pretty much in uh, <laughs> allowing us to pick their brains and and nerd out with them absolutely it was uh, it was so much fun and as uh, we can wrap it up just want to thank everybody for listening this is our uh, this is our next to last year so we'll do the big uh, year-end uh, thanks at the end but thanks everybody for listening this is uh, this has been a really fun month to put together and uh, whether you do so on Apple Podcasts or uh, RIP Google Podcasts, <laughs> uh, Spotify, or any of the other third-party sites. Or, of course, if you're listening on YouTube.com slash The Pod Tower, where not only you get our shows, but uh, shows from uh, Jump on the Bat Wagon, as well as uh, the whole archive of Tim Talk and some live stream archives as well. A lot of great content up there. Love being a part of the Pod Tower YouTube as well. So however you listen to us, we appreciate it. Just listening to the show or watching on YouTube is a great way to uh, to support the show. If you'd like to support us a bit more directly, there are a few ways to do that. They're actually listed in the show notes. There's a donate button, which a few people do a, a monthly donation to us, buy us a cup of coffee, help us uh, power on through, especially Cal when he's uh, editing these shows uh, late at night, trying to get them up for, uh, for Saturday mornings. And uh, we always appreciate those who do that. And of course, there's also our store, where you could buy yourself a shirt or a mug or a hat or something or a sticker. Uh, we appreciate anybody who supports us. And uh, a great free way, in fact, to support us is, uh, of course, to leave us a five-star review on uh, on your podcast, Catcher of Choice. Seems like Apple's the main one that lets you post reviews. I know you can give uh, five stars on Spotify as well, but if you leave a five-star review, we'll read it on the show and uh, we'll actually send you a little gift if you're uh, within the continental U.S. But uh, it's been a been a fun year. We uh, when everybody was posting their Spotify Wrapped, we got tagged uh, quite a few times for uh, for people saying we're uh, one of their top podcasts of the year. So uh, thanks to everybody who's listened. Especially, I imagine this one will have a few extra listens. So uh, thanks to uh, to everybody for listening. And uh, Cal, this is a five Saturday month, <laughs> but uh, instead of a trip around the Elseworlds, we're going to do something a little bit uh, a little bit different because it is after all aqua phantasmons and uh we gotta go out with one more uh theme appropriate episode although it won't be a traditional review coming up next week that is right liam uh so uh it is the holiday season and uh we do tend to uh tend to want to uh take a little bit of rest and family time although 
we are still in very much the giving spirit when it comes to uh, the holidays. So uh, don't worry, we're not uh, skipping a week and leaving you without content to stream uh, if you uh, if you need an excuse to get away from some family or something like that. But uh, (laughs) instead of uh, of covering a uh, an episode of one of the DCAU shows, uh, instead of doing a uh, an Elseworld, as you mentioned, uh, we're going to do a bonus episode. But uh, for the very first time, a specific issue of the Batman and Robin adventures and uh, on theme, as you mentioned, the uh, Batman and Robin adventures annual number one, uh, which came out in November of 1996, uh, written by Paul Dini, a name we would certainly recognize, penciled by Ty Templeton, another name we'll likely recognize mm-hmm. with a few other Mike Parabek also worked on it. And the legend, uh, Dev Madden also, and, uh, Brandon Cruz also worked on this particular, uh, comic issue, but mm-hmm. why it's so impert- uh, important is and uh, impertinent for us to cover is that it is sort of a direct sequel to the Batman Mask of the Phantasm movie. It involves uh, plenty of callbacks, references, and uh, and additional things to sort of follow up on a couple of the threads from the movie. So uh, looking forward, Liam, to dis- uh, discussing this. It's been quite a while since I have read this issue. Uh, we definitely had this when we were growing up, but uh, mm-hmm. I- I'm excited to look back on this and uh, and and just sort of uh, review and, and uh, talk about the issue itself, some of the artwork and uh, our memories of reading this when we were kids, uh, as well as some of the things that kind of tie it together with the uh, Batman Mask of the phantasm movie it's gonna be awesome absolutely cal can't wait to revisit that like you said we haven't done many retro dcau comic reviews so excited to break into the the back catalog there uh gonna be a fun one to end the year on but uh until then i'm liam and i'm cal and we'll be back next week with another episode of the dcau review merry christmas and happy holidays (laughs) 